welcome to the Optimistic Dream Crusher podcast. I'm Angie Friend, your Optimistic Dream Crusher. I want you to stay tuned for today's episode. We're going to find out what is our hard thing for this week, because guess what? You were made to do hard things, so stay tuned. Little life update. I am my dad's only daughter, and he um, is doing this life estate planning for when he dies and it's so uncomfortable I hate talking about it I just don't want to deal with it but he wanted to meet me at the cemetery because he bought 12 plots for us to discuss what he'd like to do and so me and my brother go out there so he can be clear what he wishes to do before something happens. Dad is trying so hard to be serious about his his estate and his planning and all this stuff. But he's taking it so serious. Like he really, it really matters. And I look at it so different. It really doesn't matter to me because I am not going to be there. I'm not going to be in a hole in the ground. I'm going to be with my Savior. I'm going to be in heaven. And we're looking at the ground and we're just discussing where he would like to be and all that stuff. And I'm so uncomfortable. Finally, I just try to tell dad, I'm like, I think I'm going to do cremation. As soon as I said that, my brother was like, yeah, me too. I'm not really sure I want to be here either. So my dad was like, okay, yeah. I mean, he was just like, that's fine. That's fine. But I'm just telling you, this is where I want to be. And this is where your mama's going to be. So if you want to be here with us, (laughs) he's making it sound like it's some kind of vacation. I can't keep my face straight at this point because I just... I'm, I'm losing it. And I said, well, jokingly that I want to be cremated so that the kids will have to divide me up and keep me on the mantle. My brother said, yeah, I was thinking the same thing. I'd get an urn, but I want you to have my urn, Angie. But I also want you to put two googly eyes on the urn. So it always looks like I'm watching you. And I could, I just lost it. I mean, and then yesterday he texts me a picture of this urn with Google eyes, googly eyes on it. And I, I just, I can't make this stuff up. So that was the serious nature of the trip to the cemetery yesterday. Ugh. Okay. So let's, let's get on with the show. Hey y'all, this is Angie Friend. Welcome to the first official podcast. It is my episode two episode one, we did an intro, and you're going to learn that was just a little bit about things, but I think you're just going to learn as we go, because that's what I'm doing. We're, I'm learning as I go. So this episode, as you could tell when you um, clicked on it, the big question for today is, are you a yes person or a no person? We are going to evaluate that question, and we're going to figure out what you are. Those are two very extreme positions. We're going to challenge ourselves to find some middle ground to be a yes and a no person. Yes persons. You are overextended. I just know you are. You're overextended. You're telling everyone that asked you for anything. Yes. You 
tell your children yes all the time. You tell your coworkers yes. You tell your husband, your parents. You, the only person that you're telling no is yourself. That's who you're telling no all the time. This is a hard path to take as you go through life. And if you've been a yes person all of your life, a people pleaser, you are tired. I can just picture someone that is so overextended that they just need a break, but they don't know how. They don't know how to have a break. I know. I know who you are. You're overwhelmed. You don't know where to start. That's why we're here at the, in this podcast. We're going to do hard things. And so you yes people and you have gathered who you are. Us no people, that's me. I tend to be the no person. We know all the yes people in our lives and we feel so sad for them because we love them, but they just don't get it. Look, I'm going to get to us no people in just a bit too. Um, We are not on the correct side of this either. Like I said, there is a medium here. There's a middle ground and that's really where we all should land in this discussion. You, yes, people, you've got to, to pick a small battle today. You need to pick something that you can stand confidently on and say no. Now, I'm not saying that you should just stop things in the middle. You should um, just refuse to do certain things that you're obligated to. But if someone comes up to you and asks you to do something new, that's going to add one more thing on your calendar, you need to say no. I'm sorry, no. One of the other things you can embrace saying, and yes and no people need to do this, is to say, well, let me think on that and get back with you. You do not have to say yes or no when someone approaches you about something right away. If that's what they require of you to give them an answer right away, then that's a problem. And it's a problem that they have. One of the things I've also learned is you have to teach people how to treat you. If you don't like to be backed into a corner by someone in your life, then you need to, in a non-angry way, tell them, you've got to stop backing me into a corner when you ask me things. I have to have the space to make a good decision, yes or no. And I will have to have the grace from you to be able to make that choice without your pressuring me. Now, for a lot of you, yes, people, it's your children. No matter how old they are, it, it needs, you've got to teach them how to treat you. And this is a deeper issue, but this is going to be a day of starts. One of the rules that I have for all three of my kids, and it really came into play with Reagan, and I I actually learned it from another friend. And I watch, I tend to watch other people and see what they are doing that I like or what they're doing that I don't like. And I try to kind of put that into my life. If I see some, another parent, another mom doing something and they're getting good results and it's something that I'm like, hmm, I like that, then I will 
figure out how I'm going to implement that in my life. Reagan was the first. Jake was just one of those kids. When you said no, he was like, okay. And he didn't argue. He didn't talk back. He was just, part of it is being a boy, the firstborn. I don't know. He's probably a people pleaser too. But Reagan, she would ask. She would also, you know, the, you know, the drill. When you would say no, it was always the noise. It's, you know, whether it's a, or a eye roll or a beg. We begged. I hate the begging for my children so much. So the rule became, after we've done, we did one session of begging, the rule became, if you beg after I've given you a decision, then that's an automatic no forever. If you ask me that again next week, it's because you've begged, it's an automatic no. I can't take when my child is trying to wear me down to get me to say what I want they want me to say I think it's disrespectful to me it's wasting both of our times and it's teaching your child that if she just continuously bullies or continuously bombards someone to the point where they'll just give up. One of the things that I determined early on in all three of my kids is I would never lose a battle. I won't. Now I might come to the negotiation table, but I'm not. It'll be because I have called the negotiation. I will never lose a battle. And some of y'all have never won a battle. So we've got to flip the script here. This is going to be an adjustment for you and the people around you that have never heard you say no, but that's okay. We're all growing. Those people, some of those people will be kind of glad that you're going to say no and put up a boundary. The begging is a big no-no for me. You figure out what your big no-nos are with negotiation with your children. The other thing is you you can't ask me something in front of the person that you're wanting to ask about. Let me just give you a scenario. Daughter comes over with her friend and they're so excited. This is such a girl thing. Can so-and-so come and spend the night? So-and-so is standing right there. Well, you've put me in an impossible position because I cannot possibly make a good decision because I've got four sweet little eyes looking at me to find out what is my decision going to be. Now, how am I going to make a good non-emotional decision that's right for all of us involved when I have two emotional people looking at me? If you would like, then you need to pull me aside and ask me privately, not in front of that person. That might be a rule. That's a, not a yes, no rule, but just a how we do things rule. It's always good to be able to make a choice freely without worried about the person hearing you, how they would receive it, who's standing right there. That is a good start. That being said, your child needs to know the consequences when they break your negotiation rules. And you need to stick to that too. So this is a hard road ahead for you yes people. Now some of you are 
okay with telling your kids no, but you have a problem with telling your coworkers no. They totally take advantage of you. Now your kids, part of their job is to feel out what your boundaries are for them. And this is how cohesion and the family unit works. Everyone knows whose role is what, and you've just grown in that. But coworkers, some of them have ulterior motives. They aren't coming from a good place. At least in your family, you know, there's a love thing. Y'all all love each other at the end of the day. And maybe that's why it's going to be an easier road ahead by telling your children first, no, because I, I want to tell you a little secret. They're still going to love you. <laughs> they are still going to love you, mom or dad. Y- you might make them sad. They might need to go and cry it out, but they're still going to love you. I can promise you that. They might not say they love you, but I can guarantee you they are still going to love you. I promise. And they might even love you more because you're going to teach them to have good boundaries and to have good time management, and be able to decipher with you teaching them what's a good decision and what's a bad decision. So you don't, I know you yes people don't want to pass on to your children to be yes people as well, because you know you're tired and you don't want that for your kids. So anyway, we're going to move on to the yes people at your work area. You don't know if they're going to still love you or not. But they need to they need to have healthy boundaries with you. And you need to, to make those healthy boundaries. You can say these things in a nice way. Like I said, if someone comes up to you and puts you on the spot, you need to be able to have the fortitude to say, not yes or no on the spot, but to say, oh, can I get back with you on that? Let me check. You have the time to decompress and figure out, is this a good choice for me and my family? Or am I just trying to please someone else? And that's really what you have to to work this out in your head. That's where you've really got to figure out what is the most important to you, your family, you, your job and if you can get your job done or is it to not hurt someone's feelings. So those are the two things you really need to weigh out and then you need to just practice saying no. Look in the mirror. Look in and just say no in the nicest possible way and then when it comes out of your mouth just let it be. Some people are just like your kid and try to beg and manipulate you into changing your mind, but you they have to know that that's not going to work on you either. And I've said the word boundary a lot in this, and I'm saying that because I feel like you need to, everyone needs to have good boundaries in their life. And you need to decide what are the non-negotiables. Yes, I'm going to have some leniency in this area, but I'm not bending on other areas. You and your husband probably need to sit down and have this conversation if you have children under the age of 18. 
and really decide on some boundaries, not only for you, but for your children. And you need to stick together in this. You're supposed to be together co-parenting. And maybe you have a yes married, yes person married to a no person. And then you always make that no person be the bad guy. But you have to have this united front as a mom and dad to sit down with your children. And don't you go back behind their back. That's the other thing. No people, yes, people will let the no parent tell them no. And then that child will know who's the weak link and they will manipulate that parent. And then if you say, okay, but don't tell your other parent, that's a problem. You cannot do that. You need to say, no, I I am, I'm in agreement. We've already talked about this. End of discussion. And if you, and this is what I would say, and if you bring it up again, the answer is no for infinity, for anything that's kind of like this. And just leave it at that. It's their consequence. You also should sit down with your, the no parent and the yes parent needs to sit down and write out the consequences. And this would keep both of you on track. So the no parent is not over punishing and the yes parent isn't under punishing or having the consequences for some actions that they need to have agreed on. And if you both come together, it's really going to be probably the best case scenario for your whole household because you're bringing two different views. Now, if you're both yes people or you're both no people, you're really going to have to work hard to find that other perspective. Okay, so we've addressed the yes people and we love you yes people and we're praying for you because you, this is going to be tough. But I'm not letting us know people off the hook either, because you tend to just automatically say no to everything. And I tend to be in this camp, and it's not right either. You can't tell your kid no to every single thing they bring up. And you can have too much margin. That means that you you don't do anything. And I tend to be very structured I want to have Mondays are like this, Tuesdays are like that. And when you bring in the kid factor who wants to ask something, my first instinct is, oh, no, it doesn't fit in with my Monday plan or my Wednesday plan. But you're also not allowing your child to have their own schedule and create their own margin. Case in point, Harper hasn't yet, she's eight She has yet to do anything that she's really liked. We've done dance. Didn't really care for dance. We finished that up. And she's really not asked to do anything else since then. Well, we went to back to school night. And of course, they had the Cub Scouts and the Girl Scouts. And she really was drawn to the Girl Scouts. She's her own person. And I want her to have her own decisions. But when we got in the car, she's like, I want to do Girl Scout. And I said, well, we're going to sit down and we're going to make a good choice together. They have an informational meeting and you're going to get all the information on the meet at the meeting. And then we're going to come home and we're going to decide, is this the best thing? Is this going to meet most of the, the expectations you have for this? Or is this not what you're thinking? We want to make sure that what 
she's thinking is what is reality for what Girl Scouts are. And it's with anything like soccer, baseball, they need to know the whole commitment, what that means. If she signs up for Girl Scouts, she needs to go ahead and finish out the Girl Scouts. So whatever the commitment is, we're going to find that out before we say yes. That's part of my equation for making or teaching her to make a good decision. Like if I commit to something, I feel horrible if I don't go to my commitment. I will go no matter what. That's just the loyalty factor in me. But once I commit to something, I am going to put 100% into that commitment. So sometimes we know people can teach our yes friend to say no. And vice versa. I feel like our yes friends can teach us no friends to say yes need to find this middle ground. And then the middle ground is just having all the information. You do not have to make a decision in the moment. Like I said, you should have the ability to tell someone you'll let them know and not feel bad. But you also have to follow up and tell them no, not just ignore it and hope it goes away. Or as my daughter tells me, she says that's called ghosting. When you just disappear and you're no longer committed to something and you haven't told the person that you're no longer committing to it, that's not saying no either. That's just running away. And you, you can't do that. No people, you can't just squash people down and squash their spirit with your answer no either. You have to say no, thank you. Or no, it's going to, Um, But I'm so excited to see how you end up doing blah, blah, blah. This is a hard thing. And I do understand how it it can be a hard thing on both sides. Us yes people or us no people and us yes people. So we're going to work on this today. And like I said, we're going to try to do better today than we did yesterday. I love you yes people. But try to say no at least once today. And us no people tried to say yes or encourage someone that always says yes to say no some today. And I love y'all and I'm so excited that we are going to do these hard things together because you know what? You were created to do hard things. So let's do those together. I will see you next time. Thanks for joining me today for the Optimistic Dream Crusher podcast. Don't forget, if you love this podcast, then please subscribe so you never miss an episode. Also, if you want to connect further, let's meet up on my Facebook page, Optimistic Dream Crusher podcast. I'll see you there, but don't forget you were made to do hard things. So let's get out there and do them together. I'll see you again next time, guys. Bye.